0: All right, welcome into the Nick Bob podcast, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. If you've been thinking about some new windows, a new front door, now is the time to make it happen. couple of different ways, a couple of different directions you can go. You can either schedule a free in-home consultation, and during this in-home consultation, you're going to get a Pella expert out there, going to get a thorough understanding of everything you want, your project, your budget, and they're going to... Get a game plan together that works for you and they got window and door solutions to literally any home or head out to their showroom. Love the showroom, man. You get a great feel for all the different makes and models of the windows and the doors that they have for you. So that was the time. Give them a call. 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350 or check Pella out on the web at PellaOmaha.com. We have a fantastic podcast for you today. I figured with everything that was going on with the coronavirus and how it really spearheaded and hit the basketball world hard, and in particular, it's March. This is when people would be getting ready for the NCAA tournament to start, and with that's canceled, I'm like, you know what? What what are the what does a player think? And I I, I was like, I, I gotta get I gotta holler at my boy Mitch Ballock. And so I I set this up, and uh, I, I drove to Omaha on Monday and sat down face to face with Mitch. And got his perspective on everything. You know what last week in New York City was like to play in the a game that got canceled at halftime. How frustrating it is to be right there. Could have been a two or a three or a four seed in the NCAA tournament, and all of a sudden, just poof, it's gone. Uh, it's emotional. It's hard. Uh, and it, Mitch was really, really interesting. And also, I figured while I while I you know had Mitch. And had, uh, had some time with him. Wanted to kind of get his thoughts on the season and then a little bit on his recruitment and ultimately landing in Omaha. Keep in mind, this guy's from Eudora, Kansas. That's right in KU's backyard. He had an offer from Bill Self. Yeah, how did he say no to Kansas and ultimately come to Creighton? What was that whole process like? Just tons of really, really good stuff with uh, Mitch Balak. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. So without further ado, here is my podcast conversation with the Creighton Sharpshooter, Mitch. All right. Well, uh, Creighton Sharpshooter, Mitch Ballock is, uh, is, is with me here. What is today is March 16th. Today is Monday. It's one o'clock. You should be like practicing and you should know your NCAA tournament opponent. Like that's what should be happening right now. Mitch is like, is it, you and I were just talking, is it sunk in yet? Like is this as everything still feel like a dream to you? Uh I'd probably say it sank in,
1: you know, this morning. Okay. Uh honestly, when we were in New York, no. It felt like a movie, you know, we were in the garden, they canceled they canceled the game at halftime and it right. was like now my first thought was, I'm gonna find my family, I'm gonna find my people, spend as many as much time in New York with my people as I could. So I didn't really I didn't really process it. But now like waking up i'm in omaha like i went to target yesterday to get some food (laughs) you know nothing nothing's going on yes it kind of sank in this morning when i woke up
0: let's go let's go back to last week because wednesday dominoes started to fall right like the there was the ivy league canceled their tournament and then uh then there was the announcement ncaa tournaments on but no fans you're like okay that's gonna be weird and then conference tournaments on no fans then all of a sudden. The Rudy Gobert thing happens, right. and he tests positive for for coronavirus. Like, what as you're, as you, as you're watching all that stuff, what was going through your head? Were you like, I want to, I want to play. We all want to play this conference tournament. Like, what was from a player's perspective? What was that like?
1: Uh, honestly, we went to the game the night before or the Wednesday, playing games to see who we were yeah. playing: Georgetown and uh, St. John's, and. There were fans, you know, it was a good atmosphere. It was cool, fun Yeah, game. it was. It was good. St. John's always packs it. Right. So, then we went – obviously, St. John's won the game. We all met in the in the film room at 9.30 for film uh, to go over St. John's game plan, you know. And, obviously, Max said – I think right before we started film, the Go Bear thing came yes. out. And So, Max's like, we don't know what's going to happen. Let's re- just prepare. And from a player's perspective, you want to play, obviously. Yeah. Like, and also, from a player's perspective, we're not educated on that. And virus. nor should you. It's not your necessarily yeah. your I job. Mean, people like people aren't even. Uh, yeah, people who know what's going on. It's don't your don't job know to know
0: about. what L.J. Figueroa is going to do, right. Right? <laughs> not yeah, what the like, coronavirus gotta, is going to yeah, do. You know, I got to
1: know <laughs> what, what they're doing. I mean, they, their motion offense, how to stop it. Yes. You know, and yeah. what we're doing on offense, obviously, <laughs> with with the pieces that we have. And we were just thinking about, or Mac. When we went to bed that night, because we had to give up our phones. Sure. Like Johnny, That's right. That's Johnny a rule. And yeah, Johnny and everybody's like, well, because I I saw my, I came back from. The city. Yeah, we uh, ran into Mike. each other, right on yeah. the, yeah, right. Yeah, right then. I yeah. came back and uh, walk in and curfew, you know, and I'm talking to Mac and Johnny's down there. He's like, Mac, do we take their phones? Like, how do we update them? Like, yeah. what do we tell? So manager came in, gave him my phone. And as of that time, when I went to bed, uh, fans were still coming, Yeah, our game was still on Right. And everything. So then we wake up in the morning and no fans. Uh, But the game was still on, so we were like, all right, let's do it. It's going to be weird. You know, everybody was seeing the tweets and everything.
0: But it's hard. I don't know if you're like me, like – the process, you're pretty relaxed before a game and all right. that stuff. But, like, the process to get ready to play starts hours before tip. So, you need to kind of get in not, like, sure. game face mode. But, like, you, you got to begin. Was that hard on Thursday where it's, like, you're probably going through. You're getting your body ready to go. And you're, yeah. like, at any moment, there was this feeling in the arena. Like, at any moment, they could come out and be, like, this <laughs> this is over. You know what I mean? This is not happening.
1: Yeah. Like you said, honestly, I didn't have a, didn't have problems
0: with it. Yeah, you'd be the one guy that wouldn't have any issues yeah, with it. Yeah, I
1: that. just, honestly, I could... I could show up ten minutes before a game, <laughs> get a couple of layups in, and, right, and you're ready go. to go. You know, yeah. like my my attention and focus comes from like I have a unique focus and attention to different things. Like, yes, like when I'm locked in, I'm like communicating with fans and like messing. Around it's weird, yeah. Like, like and I could see how that'd be, yeah, cha- yeah It like, Just like keeps me free, you yes. know. Just because like when you when you focus too much and you overthink, then I start to I start to overthink and I. I self sabotage myself yep. before a game. Yep. So then I just have an approach to where I'm just like whatever happens happens. But once the ball goes in the air, then I'm locked in. I'm I didn't think go. about that. You were. I should have crossed that question. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's good. M- though.
0: Mitch, you're the one guy because there are other people though for that sure. need to like for sure. get I'll, themselves in that frame of mind.
1: For sure. When I was, I, I mean, Marcus was sitting right next to me. I go through my little routine. I do have my routine. Yeah. Know? I go of through course. my routine pregame and. Uh, Marcus is sitting there. I remember he he said something about my hair and the light because it was all slicked over. And he said it was, it was nice, and he took a, he took a little picture of it. And I was like, yo, I was like, yo, you got my girlfriend's over Send that to her. So this is like this is like forty minutes before the game, and I was like, oh, Marcus, I appreciate you, man. You yes, keep me yeah, lit. Yeah, 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 you're he's always like. Looking he's like, I'm him. just trying to do something, assist. you know? Yeah. Assist before the he, he game. He's assisting even to me off the court, man. He's that always is- he's always thinking about assists, man. So,
0: so. what was the what was. What was the first half like of that game for, for like, one, was it normal? Once the ball was tipped, did it feel just like any other game?
1: I thought it did. So did I. Personally. And even with the, I don't know, there's probably less than 500 people in the building or yeah. whatever
0: they had, whatever the
1: numbers were. Um, I kind of thought it was a cool atmosphere. So did I. Like, I thought you were going to be able to hear the ball squeaking. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you could I mean, we were still blowing coverage. Our defense was terrible in the first half. We were... We messed up switches. We were, I don't know. Their, their emotion was getting to us. Sure. And, back cuts and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they were just getting us. And, uh, but the crowd, like, and in, and then when Jack came in the game and he did his thing and got a couple, I mean, he was in the gaps defensively and we got some, we got some stops and then he hit some shots and then the crowd was in, into it. Yes. And now I hit a three and I'm like, <laughs> into the emotions of the game, like throwing yeah, yeah, threes he, out. Yeah. I'm like, this is fun, man. Like, I didn't really. I didn't really. Re- Obviously, it's not as loud as fifteen thousand. Of 16, course, like it's never going to be.
0: But it, I thought it was going to be dead quiet. So did I.
1: And it was fun. I thought it was
0: cool. I didn't think it was as weird as it would have. <laughs> no. You thought like I conjured up like here my I, I thought it was going to be like you hear all the shoe squeaks. Yeah. You could hear everything everybody was saying. It wasn't really like that. I don't know if it was the band that helped. Yeah, the or band something definitely like, helped. The band but, and the
1: cheerleaders definitely helped and and just. Just like, I wouldn't do that every game. Like, no. Obviously, I could do that a couple games a year just because like, it's right. a little different, change speed, but definitely I want the fans. But it was cool. Right. It, it wasn't like what I expected. So,
0: okay, game gets canceled. What happened? You guys, you were in the locker room and what, take us behind the scenes?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was the last one in and Mac came out in front of me. Like when we were leaving the court, we were going in the locker room and, and I remember we were going through the tunnel and Butch comes out and puts mm-hmm. his arm around Mac and was whispering to him and I'm like, I didn't really think much of it, you know. And then we all go into the locker room. Usually, Matt comes in and talks to us right away when he comes in off the court and whatever. So there's a little little, little bit of time. And then Butch probably put it in his ear, like, hey, there's a possibility this is, is going to be canceled. So then Matt comes in and we were game planning, you know, second yeah, half, like right. what, what we could do, what we were not doing in the first half. We need to do this, we need to do that. And then Matt leaves and he's sitting on the bench, like right outside the locker room. And. So then he comes back in, and, and we were talking about it. Like, we were talking about, yo, like, we need to do this, we need to do that. You know how it is. Yeah, you know how right. locker rooms are. And then uh, Matt comes in and is like, all right, they just canceled the game. And then he was like, do you guys want to fly out right now? Do you guys want to wait till the night? <laughs> and it just, like, escalated so quick, and everybody had all these emotions. I mean, I was like, let me take my shoes off. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, some people were shook. and Yeah, were you scared? Like, I
0: mean, because it's hard
1: to kind of figure out what – Honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know. I always think, like, these things are always going to come over and just blow over. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't scared. I was more of like, wow, this is yeah. crazy. Like, like it's kind of surprising and shocking. So we were in there, and then uh, Mac asked us, he like, hey, do you guys want to stay for a little bit? And I was like, personally, I have family here. For the people that don't have family, I'm sure they want to go home. But then Kelvin had family, yeah. Jordan had family, and Marcus had family. So he's like, how about this? We we leave, the, we leave the hotel at 7, give you guys some time, go hang out with your families, figure all that out. So I was like, cool, perfect. So, yeah, so I just went out with my family, and I actually went to the World Trade Center. Yeah. So I'm at the 9-11 Memorial, yeah. and obviously didn't have my phone on for two hours. And then the phone starts FaceTiming, and someone called me, and then I looked at my phone, and I see the NCAA tournament's canceled. I see – in our group message, our team yeah. group message, they send it in. And – everything was canceled. And I was
0: like, then I started to worry. And then I was like, crap, I need to get out okay, of the Okay, so, okay, because I was gonna, be next, let's talk about that. NCAA tournament's canceled. Was your first emotion and thoughts went to like worry? Like, oh my God, is this really, it, did it, I guess, did it go to life or to go to basketball? You know, were you like, God damn, I wanna play in the tournament, all that stuff. Like, where did, went, w- what went through your head then? It definitely went to
1: life. Okay. Honestly, I was just, at that moment, I was thinking, I got to get out of here, my family has to get out of here, like, all these people I'm currently with at this place, like, we got to, let's. it. we got it. wheels up to Omaha. Let's get out of here. So, but then at that time, Jet called me and was like, hey, my dad and I are flying back, like, we got some room on the plane, you want to get in with me? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He lives 40 minutes from me, we flew to Topeka, it was perfect, Uh, but then. Obviously, as stuff starts to sink in, and you're like, "Well, I'm not going to die right now," you yeah. know, and I don't know what's going on. Uh, as that started to sink in, you, I started thinking about just honestly the seniors because it's like I'm a junior. Selfishly, I have another year. Like mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't the end for me. I don't have to figure out a job. I don't have to figure out what I'm doing next <laughs> yeah. year. I don't have to figure out employment or any of that. And I was thinking of Jordan and Kelvin and just the seniors nationwide. And, right. And in those situations, like. I mean, that was their last chance, you know? Brutal. Especially, like, for Kelvin, like, transferring here and Jordan being here for four years, like, putting in the time. And, yeah. And just for coming to an end, like, those guys is who you really feel for. Right. Because, like, us – I mean, I'm going to be back next year. We're going to have this conversation. Hopefully not this conversation, but yeah. we're going to have more conversations yeah. in the future. And it it just doesn't matter as much. I mean, obviously it sucks. But then you start going to – you start thinking about everything. I mean, you start thinking about – Omaha, as it, like, I thought we were on the plane. We started thinking about Omaha a lot. I mean, Omaha lost the College World Series. Yep. They lost the first rounds of the tournament. They lost maybe the swim trials. Mm-hmm. They lost, and just, like, all that revenue for the city and all those small businesses that really make it during those two months. Yeah. It's just, like, you start thinking about Yeah, it's devastating. It's crazy. It's just that was more life. And then I thought basketball was probably my last thought, honestly. Like, okay. Interesting. People, people would text me, like, hey, sorry. Like, my phone blew up. Yeah. Hey, sorry for the, sorry for the end of the season. And I was like, honestly, I'm not worried about hoops right now. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. let's make sure everybody's good. Like, yeah. Let's make sure my family gets
0: home and and everybody gets home to their families. That's amazing. And, you had that kind of perspective because I think a lot of people, and maybe it helps that you were. I think my, my thought with like with thinking about your team, it's like number one, most you guys, most of the core groups coming back. For sure. Out to Kelvin, Jordan, all those guys, you feel for them, but like most of the core groups coming back, that helps. So you feel like with this group, you're going to have an opportunity to do what you guys. Sure. Want to do? I think Marcus's injury made things. You know, I don't. I know players always like, "No, we can continue to do our thing." But no one knows what yeah. maybe your ceiling was going to be. Nobody knows. Uh, so I think it maybe it that helps. Like you swallow this whole thing a little bit easier. Like be like, okay, you know, we'll run it back with everybody <laughs> coming back. Marcus is going to be healthy. Off we go.
1: Right. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, that, and that was like my last thought. Like. We we got to that point where we started thinking about next year and, and Mac would send in some some messages to us, like kinda updating us of the situation and obviously he talked about the seniors not having it, but then he talked about us coming back. He's like, right. He's like we have this opportunity, let's let's get when we have the opportunity to get in the gym, you know. Let's get in there, let's work, let's make something of it next year. He's more he just did like an unfinished business at the end of it. He texted gotcha. me post pers- he texted me personally and was like it's like fun year, man, fun memories. There's m- more of like Remembering what we did this year and like how the feelings we felt, especially at the, after the Seton Hall game sure. and everything. And then he's like, "Unfinished business. Let's get to it next year." Yeah. so it, Then it was like, "All right, we got this group. We got right. We got some additions next year. We got some new pieces. Let's put it together and let's go do it next year." Let's.
0: It. it I want to. I want to turn the page a little bit and I, I want to talk about this season a little bit and kind of also talk about you. I want to start with you because I don't think I've ever. I, you and I have had little conversations like this, but you're probably my favorite recruit Creighton's ever gotten because of what it symbolizes of, like, you're in the backyard of Kansas, and Bill Self and Rock Chalk Jayhawk wanted you. You said no to that and came here. Like, Mitch, I'm telling you, that is – Creighton didn't win recruiting battles like that, you know? (laughs) So, like, what? how hard was it to – like, did you dream about playing for Kansas? Yeah. Was it hard then to say no? It was – it was the hardest decision of my life, probably, yeah. just because,
1: um, like you said, I'm six miles from Lawrence. It's a 10-minute drive to KU. I worked out there. I got to know those guys. Right. Um, I had relationships with those guys. I was at all the games. Uh, honestly, I almost committed like three or four different times. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you didn't. I've oh, been to a game. I played there, man. I
0: mean,
1: you get chills when, you, when they're doing the... The introduction, they're showing their video, and Man. they keep adding to it. So I saw it as an eighth grader, I saw it as a freshman, I saw it as a sophomore, I saw it as a junior, and the video just kept adding pieces to yep. it. But then it always ends with Mario right, hitting that shot, and the place goes nuts, nuts, and they break sound records. Like they're at, yeah. I remember it was at like 118 decibels one yeah. time, and I'm like, this is, I'm looking at the people I'm with, like, <laughs> this is crazy, <laughs> I, like, this is, <laughs> I mean, this is nuts. And then, honestly, Coach LJ, my AU coach, uh, I had a lot of conversations with him, and he he did a lot for me, just kind of making me understand like, hey, you're looking at this. Obviously, you want this as a, as a basketball at a, at a basketball place. You want you're looking for these things on the court, right. you know. And then he he really made me think like off the court and like relationships and like where the best place for me to succeed and like really grow as as an individual on the court and off the court, that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. Like, when I was 17 years old, I obviously wanted to play for the best team and, and the best atmosphere. No doubt. And no disrespect. KU's The atmosphere is just different. Yes. You know, it's just until you experience it, you don't really understand what, what's going on yep. in there and the history, obviously it's unmatched. And honestly, I just had to make a a grown, a grown up decision. I felt like this was the best place. And I, and I was going to, I was going to take visits everywhere. I mean, I, Creighton was my first official visit. I went on a lot of unofficials to the big 12 schools in Indiana and schools like that. And then I wanted to take my five. I plan on taking my five official visits. Right. But then my thing was when I was on my recruiting visit here, um, I felt like Mac, and Mac had been on me since eight, since I was. 14. I was gonna say, I
0: remember Mac telling me about you, yeah. like way back in the day. Yeah, so he I said, was, I got uh, a guy here that shoots it like Ethan and Doug, and I said, really? Okay, <laughs> let me let me yeah. see this guy. And I was like, I was fourteen, and yep.
1: he got in on it, and everything he told me was. At the time, it was true. Everything he, since I've been here was true. He didn't. Yeah. He never lied to me. You can't promise anything. Sure. He didn't promise me I'm gonna play 38 minutes. Yeah. Like he did. He didn't do that. He right. didn't say. He, even as a freshman, he said, "Yeah, you're playing behind two of the best, best guys in the league. league. The car- yeah. Yeah, in the country. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I just want to be in a position to where I can grow, learn from those guys, and hopefully right. take the ropes and figure it out. And Mac was true in that. Sure. And then, and then out of respect for the others. When I committed, I committed in the morning. On the official? Yeah, on my official visit. Okay. Uh, Mac and D Rock, you know, they asked me, they're like, hey, what do you – like, we've been in it for four years. Like, where, where do you put us? Like, do you want us to keep recruit?" And I was like, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm good. I'm ready oh, to go. Oh, my God. And it kind of shocked them. They were like, whoa. And then, <laughs> but then I told them, I was like, hey, can you just keep it under wraps? Don't tell anybody. Don't put it on Twitter or any of that. Yeah. I want to talk to other, all the other coaches and tell them I'm not – I don't want them to hear. I don't like people yeah, yeah, out Yeah, you Twitter. want to tell – that's – yes. Yeah, right. So, I so I was like, give me a week. Uh, I'll contact all these coaches and I'll figure it out and then I'll put something out right. I'm coming here. And then I had the drive back and then it was Super Bowl Sunday. So, I just made all these calls before before the game and on my way back. And I called all the coaches and was like, hey, I just took my official to Creighton. I'm going to Creighton. And obviously, the KU one was a little difficult. Sure. About a 25-minute phone call. I was going to say – wasn't good, but. <laughs> but
0: I figured it out and I made a good decision. I it's feel just like I amazing, decision. man. Was, did the did the style of play? How much did the style probably like impact things? Uh, it was half of everything, probably. Okay, that's what I figured because you fit everything perfect you for know? sure,
1: and that's what and I and I I grew up Big Twelve country. Yeah, you know, and I just watched I just watched crazy Monday. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. Yeah, I grew up watching that and. But then I just watched Creighton because I was a basketball fan, and Creighton yeah. was good. They played the game the right way. They had yep. Doug and Ethan, Grant, and, and Jahans Chans and all, of, those, guys. Jahans yeah. and all right. those guys. And then I just liked the way they played. And then, obviously, I watched the Nova game at Nova, and they did, oh, obviously, yeah. what, 21 threes? Yeah. And Rocky went crazy, and it was just an unbelievable atmosphere. So then I was like, well, I want to go see it, you know? So then Villanova came to, the play, uh, came to play at Creighton. Doug, so, when Doug was a senior? Yeah, yeah. Doug's senior year, and then they, they beat them like 25 yeah. the first game, and then they beat them by like twenty. That's what people games.
0: don't realize. They waxed they, they oh, them the second game yeah. too. Yeah,
1: and that was when – I mean, they beat them when they were like fourth or fifth in the country, and they just beat them by 20 at yeah. home. So then I kept watching, and then it never – I mean, they lost some players, but their style never wavered. So right, right. I was like, that's what I want to be a part of. That's how I like playing. They play loose. And my big thing was when I was on my visit, I talked to Marcus. My My big thing was just having that relationship with Coach – on the court to where like if I see something we can make adjustments. If he sees something we change things right. and we just kinda kinda put the hands and put the ball in my hands. Like yes. not in my hands, but right. put the game it gives in my you guys hands. guys A lot
0: of freedom. A lot of freedom and freedom. a lot of, lot of trust. Trust, yes. Yeah.
1: And I was looking for that. So yeah. I and Marcus and WAP were telling yeah. and Marcus and Maurice, they were telling me they were like, I mean, dude's a player coach. Yeah. Like coach is a player coach. He'll listen to you. And I was like that yeah. I mean that was the night before and I was like, all right.
0: Yeah, at that moment I was like, <laughs> I got it all. I right, was like, right, I
1: was, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to commit. So I told yeah. my parents, and they made it happen.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, when I getting to do what I do with Fox, like you get to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff with different coaches. Not every coach is built like Coach McDermott. Like to to what you're saying, like the trust of like. Allowing you guys to problem solve, allowing you to say, "Hey, coach, I think we should do this. Let's not right. do this." Not everybody's like that. Like it's good that you uh, you recognize that and appreciate
1: it. Right. Yeah. Because, like you said, it doesn't happen everywhere. No. And even on my official, uh, unofficials, I mean, I would talk to guys. Right. And he's like, "Nah." Like some guys would shut that down. <laughs> he's you got know, the clamps some, on some, us. Yeah. Some the, coaches yeah. go after. I mean, some coaches think they they have all the answers and they want this and this and they want it done their way. But some coaches are open to, hey, you're playing the game, you know. Right. What do you think works? Right. And and that's, that's Mac. Key. That's yes. Mac. So I was just like, that's what I want.
0: All right, quick break here to talk about pillow windows and doors. You know, a great set of windows, great front door it can really make a statement. It can totally change how your home looks, how it feels. Plus, it can make your home more energy efficient. And if you've been thinking about. So new windows or new front door, or you're looking at that energy bill and you're like, what the heck is happening here? And now's the time. couple of different options you can go with. You can go out to the showroom. Was blown away with the showroom and everything that they had there. And, you know, it's one thing to look at a window in a catalog or look at a door in a catalog. It's another thing to actually go out there and, and open the window, close the window, open the door, shut the door, and really look at it. It gives you such a better understanding of what you're going to be installing into your home. And speaking of installing things in your home, you can get a free in-home consultation as well, where you're going to get an expert out at your house, and they're going to get a feel and an understanding of your project, your home, your wants, and your needs. And they're going to get a, you know, a game plan together that works for you, whether you prefer fiberglass, vinyl, wood. Pella's got it all, man. They can provide window and door solutions to literally any home. And I had no idea that this was the case. Like when, when Vince and everybody at Pella would tell me this, Like the other thing that's great with Pella is, the peace of mind that when you you go down this, this path that you're going to be working with Pella every step of the way. I, I had no idea that apparently when you go with some other window and door companies, all of a sudden there's d- these questions that pop up, like who's going to pre-finish it? Who's installing it? And they're like, no, you got to call that guy. No, you got to call that guy. I, what? I had to do what now? All of a sudden I got like four or five different people that I'm dealing with. That sounds like a total disaster. It's a convenience and simplicity that you get with Pella and working with one company not three or four. Just great people over there, man. Give them a call, 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350. Check them out online at pellaomaha.com back to Mitch Ballock. What uh, I want to talk about your your jump shot. Like what take me into your head. Do you have one prevailing thought? Is it like lift? Is it holding your follow through? Like what what is or, or maybe you want to have that, what you were saying at the start, you don't want to have a thought. You want to play absence of thought. Like, what, what's something with your jumper that you always think about?
1: Uh, my freshman, sophomore year, I would just shoot. Okay. I, just, like, I mean, I always had a thing I looked at. I would always try and find, like, when I was in high school, I talked to Del Curry a lot. You okay. okay? Not a lot, but one weekend. <laughs> like and, once. <laughs> yeah. I talked to him. Well, I actually developed a relationship you were, you were with this You Steph. I heard about he that. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, and his dad was, like, unbelievable guy. So then he'd give me pointers, you know, and then I saw him. I saw him two weeks later in New York, and he came out and talked to me. He's yeah. like, "I mean, it was just That's cool." That's crazy. It was cool. Yeah. And he always told me, he's like, "Because we were playing horse, and no one gave him a number. Like this dude could, this dude shoots better than Steph." Oh, I mean, Dell Del was set yeah. shot. Like I'm saying right now, like this guy could. You would take Dell from 35 set shots. <laughs> yes, I'm taking Dell all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no disrespect to Steph, but sure. I mean, this dude, no one was giving him a letter at camp. Like it was crazy. And then I finally gave him an H, and I was like. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I was like, I'm on board. Yeah, but, yeah. But he was telling me like, look at the look at the rim. There's three prongs. You know, pick the middle prong wherever you're at. Shoot for the middle. You okay. Know? So then, if you miss to the left, you still have a chance to make it. If you miss to the right, it can still rattle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. You still. But if you pick, if you if you miss the middle prong in the on the rim, then you might make it left. You might make it right. You might hit it. And so then, I started doing that when I was a freshman, and then I just kind of built that repetition and shooting a lot. And then this year. I started realizing, like, the more film I watched, I would assess my shots and I'd be like, well, I'm missing when my feet are off balance or my feet aren't set. Like, I can, I can make off balance shots. Yes, you can. Like, I can I can go on the move, but if I don't get the lift and I don't get – if my feet aren't good, then it's probably not going to go in. So, right. then I started – so, then in warm-ups this year, I started telling myself feet shoot. You know, like, if my feet are good, then my shots – my shot right. increases, the percentages increases. So then I just started saying feet shoot and before game and then I missed a couple and then I'd notice I was off balance or my feet weren't right so i just keep telling myself feet shoot and then you the more you put that in your mind the more you focus on your feet and then all all this is I mean I've been doing this in 7th grade you know I right. I know the repetition I I have that I have that in
0: my head but now it's just like the it's little the feet. things. Yeah, it's I feet. totally agree. Shoot. I tell the people all the time. Like you think about all the great shooters. There's a million different ways to release a shot, release mm-hmm. point, release sure. all that stuff. But the one common denominator from you to Steph to Dell to Reggie to Kyle to whatever is feet. For sure. Like there's no substitute for balance, squared up, footwork, all that stuff. For sure. And that's that's. And that's, that's why interesting. Started to figure what you out. Said. Yeah. That's
1: why I started to figure out. Like I would watch these guys. I mean, if you watch, if you want to see a perfect jumper. Obviously, you look at Clay Thompson because yeah, like it's like mean, sound, his, it's his compact. body. Yeah, yeah, everything is just picture perfect, like yep. what everyone teaches. And his feet are always. Under him. yeah. When his feet are under him, I mean, it's a bucket. I mean, yeah. You can't, you can't stop that. Right, right. So then when you get to shoot those fadeaways and when you're off balance, if you have that base already established, then when you get up in the air, you can twist and you can figure That's it out. Right. That's right. That's right. But if you never have feet, then you're off balance. You're throwing it. It turns into a throw. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes exactly. I would do that because Right, because sometimes you
0: have, we have the little set, the, the pen into the corner where you... But, but before, as you're... Like it looks like an off-balance shot but your feet are yeah. under you as you're on your way up. Then right. you can get the turn and it's right. okay. And then when you're up and you
1: square your hips up in the air then it's, it's really I mean it's a tougher shot but yes. if you can figure it out, if you can figure your body out, it's really right. not that tough of a shot. Do
0: you feel like there's any because you took some shots this year from, from yeah. like from like half <laughs> almost half court. Is there any shot that's out of your range? Like any shot that you feel like nah can't shoot this
1: um yeah there is I mean like I'm not... <laughs> like a full quarter
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like half quarters I don't shoot with my regular right. shot you know? but it's like if it's
0: coming like the shot against Xavier if it's coming out that's what I'm saying like I, I think it was Kelvin Kelvin got the rebound kicked it out you were probably closer to half court than the three-point line but it was inside out and the feet were not yep
1: and I even got that little momentum step it. to where I could yeah. come into it. if I'm going backwards I'm not shooting that shot right 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 you're right. not making that or if or if, like, I catch it up high and then I have to bring it down. and But, he I mean, he threw a dart threw it right, right in into there. the pocket. I mean, I was, I like, thought, this as car, I was like, he's going to shoot this. I was like, this is a bucket. <laughs> this is a bucket. So those those shots are you, you can – those shots I'm good with. Sure. So a couple times I would pump. If I hit one and then I get one I'm, I'm a little deeper and I'm set and I pump fake or whatever and then shoot it, those ones have the percentages go down. Sure. Because then I don't have that momentum. I don't have that rhythm. And the rhythm's broke and now I'm shooting a sh it's essentially a set shot. So yes. the percentages drop on that one. But when I'm stepping in from anywhere on the other side of half court, I'm You feel good. I'm loaded. <laughs> I'm ready to shoot. It. That's it's like, the least surprising I'm answer. Good.
0: I had to ask it, but I was like <laughs> I knew what the answer probably was gonna be. Before this season, when Davion sprains his ankle, didn't know necessarily what you didn't know he was gonna be gone for the year, but he ended up being gone for a year. Right. Jacob has the horrific thing happen with the compound fracture. When all those injuries are happening, did like what, what, what were you thinking about how the season was going to go? Because that was basically, Mitch, probably going to be two starters mm-hmm. at the time. Who knows how every the, the rotation was going to play out. But players always think that you're, oh, we'll be fine, we'll be fine to for a certain sure. extent. But like you had to have kind of thought, man, this is going to be a lot to, to cover up for here. Yeah. This year I wasn't as much
1: thinking that like in the back of my mind I wasn't like, oh, crap. Like, obviously, losing Jake, losing Davion, two crucial pieces to your team, uh, it's going to make you think about things. Uh, It's going to make you think about how life's going to go on. But at that point, we had a depth that was really, like, that could really do some damage, you know? Like, so then at that moment, I was like, well, we're just going to have to play some more minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, durability, like, we got to, we're going to play more minutes, you know? Like, three or four of us will all of us are going to play more minutes, and we have to pick up the load. <laughs> yes. And we've always had – like, our team this year has done an unbelievable job at, like, the next man up mentality. Absolutely. Like, it's done an unbelievable job. And we didn't know we were going to get out of Kelvin. Obviously, mm-hmm. you watch, you see what he does. But the way he played into his role and did what he did. And the cool thing with, with the team that we had this year, we had Dame playing last year. We knew Dame was – Really good. Mm -hmm. Like we knew Dame was really good. Dame wasn't really good last year because the whole ankle deal and the surgery and trying to get him back to play, he couldn't really move. No, like this guy couldn't couldn't move, couldn't guard, couldn't couldn't jump. Like his game is above the rim. Like that's how he plays. He rebound, energy guy, buckets around the rim. Like that's how he plays. Mm -hmm. And we knew if we had a full Dame, like that adds to it. And we guarded Denzel every every game or every, every, day, of practice. every day of preparation. Yeah. So we're like, Denzel is a problem. Like, <laughs> yeah. If we get Denzel, like, I mean, we had some pieces that we just didn't have the year before. right? And then we knew that we're going to come into the system. So now we're, now coach Max deal is, and with the rest of us is like, how do we fit these guys in to what we have now? Cause obviously right. losing Jake, losing Davion, those are two big pieces. But now we got, we got a healthier Marcus, because Marcus played his whole freshman year hurt, you yeah. know? Bad hip,
0: broken hand. Bad hit, fr- broken yeah. hand.
1: It, I mean, that was just – everything was against us. Yes. So now we we get we get him back healthy. We get Dame healthy. We get Denzel into the mix. We get a an energetic – who knows what you're going to get from Kelvin. Right. He's going to give it but he's all get, of his so – Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Bodies are flying. Bodies are flying. He's <laughs> getting offensive <laughs> rebounds. Right, right. He might get a couple fouls. <laughs> it's okay. But it's like, hey, yeah. you did your thing. You, right, der- you right. earned those fouls, you know? <laughs> so it's like – I was never like, we're done, you know? Yeah. Like, I was like, I never thought that because we had some pieces that the whole country hadn't seen and that we hadn't seen. Right. Besides when Dame first got here and when, when Denzel. Like, Dame, when he first got here, his growth and development from, I think he got here June, my first year, and then he sat out. I think that, that was makes when sense. he came. And then... His development from then until his my sophomore year, which would also have been his sophomore year, I mean it was like he made huge unbelievable strides, strides. yeah, right, and Denzel doing what he did every day was like i mean we we got some we got some pieces here, like, yeah
0: because I think that you know it's concerning because you never want to lose talented guys, but like it didn't the essence of who you guys were wasn't going to be altered, you still had shooters, yep. you still could play fast, yeah you know you still all so like it's different when if you would have lost it, so now all of a sudden you gotta be like, Man, we might have to play two, three zone, might right. have to walk the ball up the floor. But right. now it's gonna get harder if when when that's the case. You was it how hard was it though working in Denzel in the middle of the year? Was that how hard was that?
1: Um it was it was decently hard. Um I would say it was easier uh than we than I expected. Okay. When, when you have a guy that comes from a place where he's averaging, I don't know 18 Yeah 19 19.3 I think 19 Portland, a game I mean obviously when you bring a guy that's a bucket yeah. into a system where we already have a couple buckets and we have now you're trying to figure out how, hey how do you how does how does your role evolve and change to where we can grow as a unit um, I remember Oklahoma at stretches at stretches he was good. At stretches he was bad. Yes. And at stretches in Arizona State it was yes. good and it was bad. And then even even the first couple games in uh, conference play in January. Yeah. Yeah. Conference play. Uh, it was a little. It was a little. On and off. But then at times when when we pulled the film and watched at times when he's doing making the extra pass or getting downhill, setting his feet, looking for somebody else, then we're like, dude, if we can get you to play like that for thirty whatever minutes you're playing the game, I mean, we could be unbelievable. right? And he recognized that, and he was mature enough to understand, like, hey, if I do this, then the sky's the limit. Plus, your efficiency goes up. Yes. You know, like, when you're forcing shots, your your percentages go down, right. you just look worse. But when the ball's moving and the ball's finding the open man and you're actually making the right basketball play, then the whole team looks better, you look better. Right. Your future's going to be better. Like, right. uh, And And Mac did an unbelievable job of really – Getting hey, him to see getting that. Getting him to see yeah. that, and Huss implementing his offense to kind of isolate him in some
0: areas, but right. then make him play in a team in some areas. I mean, they did. Because you know what it is, there, there are certain teams you can play with that, like, if you give it up, you're probably not going to get it back. No. Like, he needed to learn to trust. For sure. That, hey, dude, sometimes just catch swing. And you'll get it back. And you're going to get it back. The ball will find the open
1: man. Yes. And, and especially in our system, the way we play, the ball is going to find you. Right. Like. It's gonna. It's, it's, if you play the game the right way, the game rewards you.
0: Where, do, where does your unselfish? Like, how did you become so unselfish as a player? Because a shooter like you could be like, "Man, I need to be gunning." But you, there are a lot of there are a lot of players that say, "I don't care. I can score thirty points or zero points. I don't care." Right. And you know, there's some guys who are like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, you care. Yeah, you, you care. Know, you definitely shut care. Up, man, you care yeah, you about care. you. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know how many I know points, exactly. Man. Those yeah. guys. I know but, those guys. But you truthfully seem like you don't. Yeah. Where does that come from? Like, is that – was your parents? High school coach? AAU coach? Yeah. I mean, my parents did a good job. Yeah. Uh,
1: I would honestly say all three of them did a good job. And and I just came from – honestly, I would say at a a young age, like I had five older siblings. We'd play out. We had a little – my parents made me a little concrete basketball court. We had a full court. And we'd play out there, and I never was – I had to figure out – I mean, I was smaller, you know, I was younger. And I had to figure out how to get on the court, basically. Yeah. And – I'm not going to come in and score 20 points because my brother's going to do that. You know? <laughs> and like now, like yeah. I don't need to come in and score 20 points because Tyshawn, Tyshawn and Marcus are going to do that, right? And maybe, maybe some some games I will, just because that's the system we play in, and right. I and I'm talented enough and I'm skilled enough to shoot it to where, yeah, I might hit seven threes and get going, you know? Right. So, but the the teams that I've been a part of, I watched it, and I I grew up on a team that was like Creighton, from fourth grade to ninth grade, and then we played through 17s. It was like, when we played like this, I mean, we were small, we had no five men. Right. Like, we were in the, And then we were in the final eight of the Under Armour... Okay. Uh, of the Under Armour deal. And then games where we played... I mean, games where we played where we... Shared, you know. Shared it, yeah. we'd beat anybody in the country. Right. And the games where we didn't, we were like, oh, I'm going to get mine, we lost because right. we weren't big. We weren't. We weren't really, like, that gifted talent, like from a talent a talent standpoint, as the rest of people, because these people are 6'8", 6'9", right. buff, can get to the rim, dunk on everybody, <laughs> and we're like all six tiny, and all tiny yeah. <laughs> we got a 5'9 guard that's right. just like – it's just like we just got little things. So I guess my coaches, from a standpoint of just teaching me like, hey, the best basketball is when we move the ball, like right. when the Spurs were doing it and when the Golden State Warriors started doing it, and then like that wins, that really wins. And it's just – more fun to play. Absolutely, no one likes playing for a team that
0: like James. On oh, my turn, your turn. Yeah, Watch no one that likes guy. that. No one likes. No one that.
1: likes that. And as much as you think like, hey, this is this is good. Like we can we can we can we can win like this. The winning stops mm-hmm. somewhere along the line if the ball stops. You know. Yeah. And at, it's the, a good at line. the end of the day, like with, with with the Warriors, like obviously the addition of KD, you had all these guys that are doing this. But then, at some point, you need a guy that can go get a bucket. Yes,
0: yeah. There is an element like at some point, do. Tyshawn needs Tyshawn, to just go get a bucket. Go Marcus, get Marcus, go get a bucket. Yes, like go do it. Yes, like, go go get Denzel, but, Iso, drop. Yeah, you but, know. But
1: for the forty minutes, you can still go get a bucket in the last ten if we haven't got a good shot. Absolutely. But if you start forcing it at twenty, now you're shooting bad twos right. when you could have got a better shot. Right. So we were built. We were built on a platform that was like. We didn't – like, as good as Tyshawn and Marcus are, they weren't good enough to win games from start to finish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: they're not – Very few players are. Very few yeah, players like, in the whole world yes.
1: can do that. And we were we were built on a foundation of trust, like Coach Mack. Yep. Um, when I was 14 years old. Right. That trust and freedom and just unselfishness, we were built on that. And when we were playing like that for even 40 minutes, I mean, we were the best yeah. –
0: no, one, no one's beating us. What was, when the, shots are what was the, because I'm getting flagged down that you got to go do another interview here real quick, All but right. I wanted to get, what was the final nine minutes of the Seton Hall game like, where you guys, you finished making 12 of your last 13 shots?
1: <laughs> I didn't even know that.
0: I mean, it's, Mitch, that's hard to do five on zero. <laughs> and you guys did it, it against Seton Hall with the Big East title on the line. Just like, it seemed like that was just the, like the perfect storm of that group and everything coming together
1: yeah uh that
0: was i mean i don't even know it's like it's just so you know i've watched it like 10 times i've watched that final nine it uh is it's incredible
1: man honestly i haven't even watched the game yet you should
0: watch it (laughs) you seriously you should you should go home after this and and after christian so christian gets switched on to quincy mcknight gets the and one yep and then Mac had the trust to be. He was like, "All right, we're gonna go to the small lineup. Gonna bring in Denzel. Yep. Switch five ways." And I remember and it's Denzel
1: on. came in and hit that 17 footer, and then Dame hit a 17 footer. You got lay up in transition. The up in transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to go back and watch. You got to go watch I'm, it, man. I remember something of the play. I remember the turning point of that game. Like I was always like Seton Hall. You know, they have a good team. They're 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 never out of the fight. So I was always thinking. I mean, I was thinking. We I think we were up eight or something, and Dame or Denzel hits a 17 footer to put us up. Ten, Yeah. And I'm like, it's done. Yes. Over with. Like, when you're starting to hit those shots. Right. You can't guard us. What are you like, going to do? can't guard us. Right. Like, there's no possible way. And then Dame went to the rim, bodied him, finished, doing <laughs> yeah. all that. Like, like, now I was I was laughing on the court. I yeah. was laughing. Mac was right. pissed. But right. But we were all – we. Were, I mean, it was just fun, man. Like, we didn't care. We were talking. Like, when we play like that, when we were playing loose, free, right? I mean, we are – tough
0: like it very was tough. and it was just thing of beauty you know so you have no classes right now but I'm gonna give you homework you got to go home all if right. you want to watch the whole Seton Hall game you can the last nine you minutes 934 uh, or so <laughs> is where it all I think Roden hits a three then Christian gets a and one then he gets subbed out and then it's Never an avalanche. Crazy. It's, it, is, it is an avalanche. Uh, no,
1: I'll definitely do the homework assignment. You need we'll to do back.
0: that. Everybody coming back next year, man, because, I mean, this is a group that could be, like, preseason top five, top ten.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I haven't I haven't even talked to anybody. Like, yeah. Well, everybody like, went home and self-quarantined yeah. And it was right now, so you know? fast. Yeah, it like, was. It was like I was with my family. Now I didn't even fly back with guys. I flew back with Jeff. Yep. And I haven't seen them. Everybody went back. Everybody went
0: home. So... I mean, obviously, you text in the group
1: message, right. but we, I mean, we send like funny but, videos. But Mitch,
0: man, you guys, because you probably had the the this was the most magical Creighton basketball season in program history, and you got a chance to run it back.
1: We got a chance to run to it run
0: back. it back completely. Run it back, add some pieces. Like if that doesn't give you chills and that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. Dude, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna be fun. It is. It's at gonna the be end. Fun.
1: At the end of the day, like we talked about. I mean, you can't lose sight of what really matters and you can't you got to keep the perspective to where I mean basketball is fun you know we got a group doing what we're doing but when you have those opportunities you see people start to get you know a little big-headed little over the top but you just kind of have to maintain you have to stay level-headed you gotta can't get too high can't get too low and you gotta you gotta figure it out because when you're doing that then you keep that perspective then the games like Seton Hall, we were just having fun.
0: Like that those, happens. those happen more. That happens. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't get a big head because you were on the Nick Ball podcast. That oh. can happen to people. Honestly, I've been that glowing.
1: Be- I've been glowing ever since <laughs> I picked up this mic. You got the request. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Nick Ball and I was like, yes, send me
0: a sign me cup.
1: I didn't even have to see anything. Else. Well, here's what we
0: will have to do. When everything calms down in the summer, look, I'll come back here. We'll catch up again in the summer, and Let's then uh, once the season gets rolling, man, I'm in. Right? Let's do it. All right, go do your other interview. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, I appreciate you. You got it, brother. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast.